0: Thanks to Indeed for supporting Don't Keep Your Day Job. Right now, small businesses have to be more efficient than ever. Every hire is critical. Indeed, the number one job site in the world. Get a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash DreamJob. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through September 30th. Also, thanks to GigaPoints. GigaPoints is a site that helps you find the best credit card. GigaPoints uses data to pinpoint the card that will give you the most points based on your actual spending. See how much you can earn at GigaPoints.com slash DreamJob. Hey guys, it's Kathy Heller. Welcome back to another episode of Don't Keep Your Day Job. So we're getting close. We are a few days away from the Made for This challenge. That's right. So starting Monday, August 31st, I'm going to be live every single day at five o'clock Eastern Standard Time for a five-day free workshop called Made for This. And we're going to spend five days together really unpacking what is it that you came to this world to do? Every single one of us was put here on a divine assignment to express ourselves and to share with the world that which only we can share the way we can share it. And we know that, and that is the thing that wakes us up in the middle of the night. That is the number one regret of the dying. People saying, I didn't live life on my terms. There was something I really wanted to do. You know, I was watching Ethan Hawke's TED Talk, and he was talking about how his grandmother, she wrote this 30-page autobiography on her deathbed. And five whole pages of the autobiography were dedicated to that one summer of her life where she sewed costumes for a theater. And he said, I can't believe that, you know, she lived through two wars and had kids and grandkids and she was married and she lived a full life. And five of the 30 pages were all about those costumes. And he said, and what that said to me is that was the part of her where she was most in alignment with herself, expressing herself in this world, and he said and and that's what really took up space in her mind on." her last days. And I want us all to show up every day and I believe that we don't have to put those things off like you can actually get paid to do what you love as you see evidence of every single episode on this show. There's room for you. So we're going to talk about what is your gift and we're going to talk about how to build a business and how to be able to do that thing full time so that you wake up every day so excited to get up and get to be you. And really, like, why is that asking so much from the world, from God, from the universe, like, just to get to be yourself? It is so possible, and it is here, and we're going to spend five whole days next week. It is free. Come join us. You can go to kathyheller.com slash challenge. I can't wait. We're going to get started five o'clock Eastern every day next week. If you can't make it live, but you sign up kathyheller.com slash challenge, we will at least send you the replays so that you can be a part of it and catch it whenever you can. All right. So today we are continuing our week-long celebration of our 300th episode. can't believe it. We had so many great listener wins and we had so many favorite moments that we wanted to share. We couldn't fit it all into one episode. So this is going to be part two. So to start off, I thought, thought it was appropriate to share this powerful message from entrepreneur, author, YouTuber, and one of the most inspiring speakers I've ever heard, Evan Carmichael. He happened to be a guest on our 200th episode. It's definitely one of the highlights of our entire podcast history. There were so many mic drop moments, and here's one of them.
1: So first off, I believe, one, everybody has Michael Jordan-level talent at something. Two, I believe the people are built to serve. So either you want to serve the world uh, but if not, then you're built to serve the 25 closest people to you. You may not be on a, a world-changing mission, but you want to help the people around you. Either way, humans are built to serve. So if you're not happy, you're not serving. It's hardwired into us. It impacts the same part of the brain as having food and having sex is serving others. Wow. Great. So how do you serve others? Then I go to this process of, of uh, who I have. So step one is who. I believe everybody has a single most important core value. If you had to say, Kathy, what's your most important core value? Don't worry about being perfect. Just pick something that resonates with you.
0: My most important core value? uh, I want a sense of purpose every day.
1: Great. And listen, you ask most people that question. They have no idea. They haven't even asked that question. (laughs) Right? This is a starting point. This is how we start building awareness. So Kathy wants purpose every day. So we roll with that. Even knowing that changes your life. So now if you're thinking about who you want to surround yourself with, you want people who are also purpose-driven. When you move to making a video version of this show, whoever's going to be filming it has to be purpose-driven. The people on your team has to be purpose-driven or they're not going to be a fit. Yeah. So you want to be around purpose-driven people. So great. And everybody can go through that exercise. Mine is believe, yours is purpose, people listening is something else. But that forces a magnifying glass on your life to say, where am I being inconsistent? So anything that's not purpose-driven for you is just not going to be it's not yeah. You're not going to be happy. You feel like you're wasting your time. Yep. So that's great awareness. And then that allows you to build a better life going forward. So that's your who. It's who I how. Next is your why. Your purpose comes from your pain. The thing that you struggled with the most in life as a human is the thing you want to help other people with. Yep. And it's emotional pain, not yeah. physical pain. When did you feel the most worthless as a human being Yep, that that's what you want to help other people with and, and will never get old. You'll always love helping those kinds of people.
0: It's so good, right? All right. Our next clip is from one of our early episodes with the one and only Bobby Brown, founder of Bobby Brown Cosmetics. She is amazing. I love this part of her story because it just goes to show you that you don't need to be born with money or connections. In fact, your greatest resource is your own resourcefulness. Take a listen.
2: So, my boyfriend at the time and I moved to New York, got a very small apartment, and I didn't know a soul. I was kind of had a portfolio, but it was things that I had done in, in Boston, not particularly mm-hmm. amazing. And then I said, All right, what am I going to do now? So, what did I do? It was before Google, I opened up the yellow pages Gosh. and I looked up makeup and models and modeling agencies, makeup artist union, and I just started calling and going to see people, and quickly they explained what the business was about. And that's how I learned.
0: Wow, that's extremely resourceful. So you're picking up the yellow pages, and you're literally cold calling people. Yes. And who are you asking to speak to? Like a hiring manager? Well, it
2: it depends. I called the makeup artist union, and I asked to make an appointment, and they said, okay, it was probably some secretary. And I made an appointment. I went in to see the head of the union. I still remember his name is Ed Callahan. I don't know why. He was a very large man and I had my portfolio. (laughs) And I really thought that I was gonna show up and they're gonna hand me a union card. (laughs) All right, you're in the union. And I said, I'm here. And he said, all right, sit down. He said, this is the situation. You either have to know someone, be born into it, or it takes about seven years apprenticing. (laughs) So I said, okay, that's not gonna work. Thanked him and I left. And then I went to see a modeling agency that had a new board, um, like new models board, and they basically said, "We can send you out on jobs that you won't get paid, but you'll do makeup and they'll give you at the time it was slides to build your portfolio. So i now I know it's called networking. so mm-hmm. i started I started doing that. And then one day I was reading a magazine about a makeup artist who was a freelance makeup artist named Bonnie Maller, and she had the coolest job in the world. she was doing makeup for all the fashion shows. She did makeup for all of Bruce Weber shoots, for covers of magazines. And so what did I do? I looked her up in the yellow pages. I, or probably 411. Mm -hmm. And I called her up. Um, She was not, she was not home. I think it was being completely naive because Mm. I just, you know, I just did it. I don't know where I, right. where, why I wasn't confident. Trust me, it was okay. probably stupidity, <laughs> naivete. But I called her up. She never called me back. But on her answering machine, it said, "I might be traveling. So if this is about work, call my agent, Brian Bantry." So I scribbled his number down and I called oh him. God. I said, "I got your number off Bonnie Maller's machine, and I'd love to come in and show you my book." He said, "Sure, come in Tuesday." I went in Tuesday or whatever day it was, and he said, okay, kid, <laughs> um, you have, you're really nice, but your portfolio is quite not there yet, but here's how it works, and this is what I'm going to do. I can't represent you, but I will call you to assist my makeup artist, and when people are sick, I will give you jobs, and that's how I started. Wow. You know, I started the first company. I never took a nickel from anyone, wow, I and, I, and I had I no this. money. There's no excuse for anything. By the way, you wanna be f- more fit? Guess what? Put some sneakers on and walk. Like mm-hmm. there's, don't be a victim.
0: I just love that. I could put that on replay over and over. Here's another powerful story from Howard Schultz, who created Starbucks into the empire that it is today. His family was far from rich. They lived in public housing. His dad was struggling to keep a job. But in a way, that really was a gift because it gave Howard this incredible drive to create opportunities for people like his father. And here's what he said.
3: I grew up in Brooklyn, New York, and uh, lived Uh, most of my young adolescent and teenage life in public housing. Wow. It was a tough childhood. Uh, My father was a World War II veteran and came back from the war damaged Mm. and triggered a lot of emotion and rage in him.
4: Of course, yeah.
3: He was a man who had a series of uh, blue-collar jobs without much purpose and always... Uh, financially underwater. Uh, When I was seven years old, he was a truck driver delivering and picking up cloth diapers. And he fell on a sheet of ice and injured himself, broke his hip and his ankle. Mm. And in 1960, if you were a blue collar worker, you were dismissed, fired, no workman's compensation, no health insurance. And uh, what I witnessed uh, was literally the fracturing of an American family and about once every two, three weeks, Jewish Family Services would dro- actually drop off food uh, to the apartment. Oh and uh, I guess that experience produced a level of uh, insecurity and shame. And I carried that with me, and it shaped how I would see the world and specifically how I would uh, one day be in a position to build a company. And much of what I tried to do at Starbucks over the last almost – Forty years uh, was build the kind of company that my father never got a chance to work for, and specifically trying to create the dignity of work. And so, the, su- the financial success of Starbucks, which uh, you know I'm so proud of—thirty thousand stores and seventy-eight countries, and almost four hundred thousand people working for the company, and one hundred million people, as you said, uh, go through Starbucks every week. But what I'm most proud of is oh. the. The humanity of the company and how we were able, uh, through a different view of how to build a business, create the balance between profit and, and and humanity, and specifically healthcare for every employee, ownership for every employee, partnership with ASU, and to create a free college tuition for everybody. And so those three programs amazing. are the signature levels of trying to build a company with a conscience and specifically recognize that not every business decision is an economic one, even when you're running a public company and that the culture and values and guiding principles of Starbucks would be defined by sharing success with our people and building trust at levels that would exceed the expectations of our people. So they in, in fact could exceed the expectations of the, of the customer. Mm-hmm. And, um, that kind of brings us to where we are today.
0: You know, you've also you talked about your mom and mm-hmm. how she painted a picture for you that this was not the last stop on the train, which makes me cry. It is so beautiful. Mm. <laughs> Especially how you say it because where you lived was the last stop on the L train, right? In Brooklyn. Yeah. yeah.
3: There there's a there is a physical sign uh, in Canarsie when you get off the L train that this is the last stop and uh, it's more than a a sign. It's it is the last stop. But my mother uh, had just an incredible belief in the country and that our standing in life was not going to define her son's ability to overcome uh, public housing. And uh, she just imprinted in me that I was going to get out, I was going to go to college. And, and then also my mother suffered from depression, She'd, and in you know, those years, that was not a disease that was right. easily e- either diagnosed or people admitted it. Yep. So between my father's lack of purpose in terms of finding quality of work and feeling as if he was a victim and my mother's depression, the one thing she had was this belief in, in the country and that I was going to get out.
0: It's honestly so incredible, and it reminds me of another beautiful story from the comedian Kevin Nealon. He told us a memory of his dad that was such a defining moment for him and pretty much affected the whole course of his career. I'm sure you've seen people who get really discouraged, and yet there's probably something else in them where they're really meant to be, and when do we know when it's time to say, like, I can't keep hitting my head against the wall. This door is not meant to open. You know what I'm saying? Like there's a... Yeah,
5: I know exactly what you're saying. I see that all the time. You know, I see people that are hanging in there and because it's really misleading in this business because, you know, things can change overnight. You know, all it takes is one thing and that's what people are thinking. It's tough. It's really tough. And I've seen that a lot where people do finally let go of their dream and they go on to do something else and they become very happy. So, you know, and you can always come back to your dream too. You don't have to... um, you know, it's not closing the door permanently. Yeah. You know, and I could also, you know, really give my parents a lot of um, props because I remember being out here in L.A. for, I don't know, I was out here for maybe two months, and I had enough money to get home, back to Connecticut with gas, for gas money, or I had enough money for my uh, a deposit on an apartment, rent. Yeah, yeah. And I called my parents because I was Aww. homesick. You know, I was homesick, and I called from a payphone on Beverly Boulevard in Ben Ness, and, uh, and I remember this to this day. I think it was the last time I used the payphone. But I called my, <laughs> father, my parents and I said, I really don't know what to do. I have enough money to get home and gas or, or rent. And um, my father got on the phone and he goes, Cap, you're a big boy. You went out there to do stand up. Give it a chance. Give it a shot. And I know he wanted me to come home.
0: Oh, my gosh.
5: Because he missed me. But because he was such a good father and had so much love for me, he knew this is what I wanted. And he wanted me to give it a, a good chance.
0: Uh I love that so sweet. Okay, the next clip is from Oscar-winning executive producer Brian Grazer, who created movies like Apollo 13, A Beautiful Mind, shows like Arrested Development and so much more. This is such an inspiring story of how having conversations with strangers led him to the legendary career that he's built today.
6: For the 18 months I did every day reach out to meet somebody and that was, you know, central or principal in the business of making movies or television shows. Mhm. And I found that almost – actually, every person agreed except one person. Wow. Um, And what I learned out of it was by saying I do not want a job was a very essential ingredient. Yeah. That you want to meet somebody. You're saying in a very short way, I have researched you or your boss. Um, Often, I was always talking to the assistants. I'd (laughs) researched the bosses thoroughly – And people like when you do research and people that are accomplished like to talk if you are informed. If you research them and you're kind and generous and smart and have smart eyes, then people want to open up and they want to share their journey. So I realized early on these special ingredients of I didn't realize this until later about eye contact, but by being attentive and informed and inadvertently giving the person you're meeting something to. If you're informed enough, they get to grow along with you. So it's win-win. Yeah. If you're trying to meet somebody for a transaction itself, yep. it's not a win-win, it's a win-lose.
7: Mm-hmm.
6: And I found that I wasn't a fully really outgoing kid, I'm outgoing now, but What gave me confidence is that I did look myself in the mirror and, you know, I was an imperfect person, but I was really conscientious about this win-win. I thought, be informed, create the best date for them too. Yeah. And that fortified my sense of confidence and sense of self. Mm -hmm. It made the journey really valuable on multiple levels without saying, hey, let me put my hand in your pocket. Right. So you gain so much professionally, by the way, by not doing that right away. Yep. So that's what those experiences did for me. And they gave me a lot of confidence. So now I get fired from Warner Brothers and I get a really crappy job about a year later. And then it's a long story, but I was able to produce some movies for TV when I was 24 and they got very high ratings. And so- I was lucky, but it was really a function of that opportunity meets preparation. So that all that ambition kind of worked and funneled into those ingredients. And so therefore, these Movies are TV, incredibly successful, and I got offered a million jobs. I ended up going to Paramount Studios, and I want to continue this journey of meeting people. So now I have an office on the third floor of the director's building, and I look at it, and I, I think, I haven't met a new person today, and I see Ron Howard. An American icon, star mm-hmm. of happy days, Richie Cunningham. You know, I don't judge that. I just think that guy would be interesting to me. So I mm-hmm. yell out my window, like across <laughs> this quad area, and it terrified him that some guy was yelling. <laughs> Yeah. Cause, cause he's kind of shy. And then so he ran ducked away like he you know, he just ran away, ran away from the guy that was yelling at him. <laughs> and I then called his office and said, I was the guy yelling out the window, and I'm a young guy like Ron and telling his assistant Louisa. And then he gets on the phone and he agrees to meet with me. And that was the beginning of a 40 year partnership.
0: Brian is truly extraordinary. We have more amazing moments to share, but first, let's just thank our sponsors. Did you know that with the right credit card, you could be earning hundreds or even thousands of dollars in rewards every year? GigaPoints is a site that matches you with the best cards for the way you actually spend, so you can score cash back, free travel, and much more. While other sites have a one-size-fits-all approach, GigaPoints only wants to find the best deals for you personally. I recently had to change credit cards and that process can be such a headache if you're not sure which one to get. But I love how GigaPoints is super quick and easy to use. It only took a few minutes to create an account, answer some questions, and get my recommendations. I think it's really cool that they customize the selection just for you and they let you know the exact dollar amount of how much you can earn in rewards if you switch over. Plus, they gave me a breakdown of how much I'm spending on different categories like groceries, dining, department stores, and more. So it can be also really helpful if you're working on your own personal budget. To see how much you could be earning on your credit card each year, go to gigapoints.com slash dreamjob. That's giga points.com slash dreamjob. Indeed knows it is a cautious time for businesses across America. Uncertainty flavors every decision, every financial commitment is vetted, and now your next important hire is more crucial than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need, you can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier like sponsored jobs which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in the hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job posts, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash DreamJob. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash DreamJob. Terms and conditions apply, offer valid through September 30th. Another amazing guest we had on the show is James Clear, best-selling author of Atomic Habits. He told me that there was a small part of his book that has now become one of the biggest messages when it comes to creating habits. And I agree that this is so important. Take a listen. I know that it's something that you you shared with me that you wanted to touch on. And in the book, you talk about this the role that your family and friends have in shaping your habits. Hmm. Why does it stand out to you so much? And what do we have to understand about the role that our family and friends, our social life has on our habits?
8: Well, this is one of the topics that since the book has come out, I think is even more important than I realized. The social environment, whether we want to call it social norms or the tribes that we are a part of, the groups that we belong to, uh, the people you surround yourself with, It's almost like a fish in water in the sense that it's like, what is water? You know, you're just surrounded by it so much that you don't even realize how much it meaningfully impacts the choices and habits you make each day. So for example, you know, sometimes I'll do like a keynote speech to a company or something. Well, I'll walk in and I'll wear like a suit or a jacket or something nice. There's no reason that I have to wear that. Like technically speaking, I could wear a bathing suit or something, but that would be weird, (laughs) right? That would violate the social norm. Right. And That happens for all of us. We choose what to wear based on the norms of that place. There's no physical reason why you couldn't work out in a dress at the gym, but you don't do it because it would be ridiculous to violate the norm that way. Or you have another habit of mowing your lawn and trimming your hedges. Why do we mow our lawns? Well, partially it feels good to have a clean, orderly lawn, but mostly it feels good to have a clean lawn because you don't want to be the neighbor who's judged by everybody else. And so it's actually the social expectation Uh, that drives that habit and you mow your lawn for the next 25 years that you live there, right? And this I think is the main takeaway that I'm trying to get across with the importance of social norms, which is all of the other strategies I talk about in the book can be very effective for getting habits to start. But if you want habits to stick for the long run, the community or the tribe that you are in is one of the most powerful ways to get it to stick. So one way we could think about this is that We are all members of multiple tribes. Some of them are large, like what it means to be American or what it means to be French or something, or some of them are small, like what it means to be a neighbor on your street. But all of those groups, large and small, they have a set of shared habits, a set of norms that people practice when they're in that group. And the punchline of this is that you want to join groups where your desired behavior is the normal behavior. Because if it's normal in that group, then it's going to be very easy and attractive for you to stick to it because it helps you fit in. Yeah, And the truth is, if most people have to choose between having the habits they want to have, but being ostracized from the group or being cast out, most people would rather be wrong and with the crowd than right and by themselves. Most people would rather belong than be on their own. So in many cases, the desire to belong overpowers the desire to improve. I mean, we've all felt that, right? Like it feels good to be praised, respected, approved of, loved, supported. And so we all want those feelings. And so we practice habits and behaviors largely as a signal to other people so we can get praise, approval, love, support, belonging. Now, the good news is wildly different behaviors get praised and supported and loved in different environments. And so you can seek out or create in some cases an environment where that behavior is normal and uh, upheld. If you hang out with a bunch of jazz musicians, then suddenly practicing an instrument six nights a week sounds very normal. So it's really just about finding that pocket of people, like give yourself maybe an hour, a sacred space where you can go and meet with a group where you can like rise together and support yeah. each other's goals and get praised for the, the good habit that you want to have.
0: Amazing, right? Amazing. And now, kind of piggybacking off of that, I want to share something so good from Ken Coleman, author and host of The Ken Coleman Show. He talked about his proximity principle and how it can be implemented so you can reach that next level. Let's hear what he has to say.
9: Here's the proximity principle. In order to do what you want to do, you've got to be around the people who are doing it and in the places where it is happening. So I basically broke it down to two things. People plus places equals opportunity because this is what people are scared of, Kathy. They're like, how do I get there? And they're thinking about the mountaintop. And nobody ever just does a quantum leap to the top of the mountain. There are stages. It is a climb. It takes time. And so how do you get there? Opportunity. So opportunity is what we're looking for. So proximity to the right people and in the right places gets me opportunity. Here's how it works. When I get around somebody who's successful in the field that I want to be in, Think about it. If I have coffee with them or lunch with them, they're giving me basically a college research paper in an hour's time if I'm prepared and I've got questions. And I say, hey, I want to be you one day. How'd you get there? What do you love most about the gig? What what training did you get? How has that changed? Is there new training? Do I have to get the degree or do I not need a degree? And if I wasn't going to do a degree, how would I get there? This is not difficult stuff, folks. But when I'm around those people, here's what happens. I learn what I need to learn. I get an opportunity to do what I need to do. And then they become a connection point for me to somebody else. So proximity allows me to learn, do, connect. And on the path, if you are learning, doing, and connecting, I got great news for everybody. Opportunity will find you. Yeah. And so it's the idea of constantly showing up and only worrying about being in the right place or around the right people see now that's not scary but that's how you get noticed and that's how opportunity comes to you because you're just always completely focused on showing up it's that simple
0: so good right ken is super sweet and he sent a little congrats as well so i wanted to share that with you
9: hey everybody this is ken coleman from the ken coleman show and i just want to say a big huge congratulations to kathy for making it to your 300th episode
0: All right. Now we're going to hear from one of Ken's colleagues over at the Dave Ramsey team, Christy Wright. She is the host of The Christy Wright Show, a bestselling author and a business coach. And I love what she said about just making the 1.0 version of your vision, because no matter what you're creating, this is where we all have to start. Let's take a listen.
10: I think that what has become kind of cool and trendy is we think in terms of leaps, not steps. So we think in terms of, I've got to get investors, venture capitalists, I've got to have a ton of equipment. I've got to quote unquote launch (laughs) this business. Like it's this big giant thing. And I'm going, if you have a big dream, I think that's awesome. Now let's back out of that big dream. And what is the 1.0 version of it? What's the baby step version of this? And I want you to validate your idea and prove that you have a market and learn a little bit about your audience at this level where the mistakes are smaller, right. the cost is lower, and then we're going to baby step our way into that big dream and allow the business to fund itself. The example yeah. I always give is Dave Ramsey started his business on a card table in his living room. It now wow. is a $100 million business and has 600 team members. My Not mom bad. started in a front showcase window of a candy store. The Aww. iPhone started with 1.0 version. Now we're on the iPhone 10X, whatever right. it is. But you have to start at the 1.0 level. So I actually... Um, we did a, a thing with News Fox 17 a couple nights ago, and um, a man came up to me afterwards. He said, I have this big dream, and I, want, I, I see this property. I want to get, like, 40 acres and have a house uh, or a big event space for um, doing events for, for like, uh, nonprofits, for them to come and, like, have yeah, camps yeah, and stuff. Yeah. And he was like, I just – we don't have the money to buy this land and to build this building yet. <laughs> You're like, you don't? You're and I was, like, I was like, good, because that's going to keep you from losing it. Um, so, so I said, <laughs> I love that. I said, I love that, that you have this dream. I said, here's what I want you to do. That's the dream for the future. Let's back out of that. Can you find some type of warehouse or retail space or space that you can sublease and you can validate your idea on a very small scale first yep. and let it prove it? Because here's what we, as entrepreneurs, we think we know everything the market needs. And you probably know 50% of what the market needs. That's your hunch. Right. That's your entrepreneurial spirit of I'm going to solve this problem. Yeah. But you have to put that out there and yeah. allow the market to speak to you and iterate and tell you what they want more and less of. Like I guarantee yeah. you the business boutique is way different today than it was when we started two years ago because we listened to our customer more That's of right. this, less of this. Right. But you don't know until you put it out there. Yeah. And you're never going to get it perfect until you put it out there. The market knows what's what That's they right. want more of. And you're yeah. really, you're never done. I mean, you can be in business 30 years, you're still iterating because right. the market's no, changing sure. and their needs are changing. So, for all sure. that to say is the resource side of things, I would say think in terms of steps, not leaps. What's the lowest hanging fruit, the quickest win, the 1.0 version? Of your dream that you could launch today with low risk and low cost, and test your idea and get a little momentum and prove that this can work before you go buy the forty acres and build the event space. Yeah, beautiful.
0: Christy is incredible, and she also sent over a super sweet message to help us celebrate the three hundredth episode.
10: Hey, y'all! I'm Christy Wright, author of the book Business Boutique and host of the Christy Wright Show. And I just want to take a second here in my carpool pickup line to say congratulations to my good friend Kathy Heller on. 300 episodes. Kathy, that didn't happen by accident. I know you have worked so hard to build this amazing show and I'm so, so, so proud of you and proud to know you. Congratulations, friend.
0: All right. The next clip is from Ramit Sethi, bestselling author of I Will Teach You to Be Rich. He shared something that I've used in my own coaching, especially when I have students who keep saying, how can I make more money without having to appeal to the whole population? I think this is definitely something you're going to want to remember.
11: We have one student who is a caricature artist. You know when you go to a county fair and they're drawing your face? She made $8 an hour. And everybody thinks, well, caricature artists, you know, they're cheap artists, don't get paid. I never believe that. I believe that art is super valuable. And we showed her how to turn her skill into a multi-six-figure business. All right, teach me this. What did she do? This is amazing. If you're going to a county fair, then... They're just going to treat you like every other caricaturist. Oh, $8 an hour. That's our standard rate. Yep. If you ever accept the word standard, then you don't know what you're doing because there's nothing standard in this world. If you are the best, standards don't apply. Okay. Mm. So what we taught her is number one, where are you fishing? Where are your fishing holes? This is a concept we teach in our zero to launch course. And if your are fishing holes at a county fair, guess what? They just don't have the budget to pay you more. So you better look elsewhere if you want to make more. We taught her how to work at corporate events. We taught her how to charge more. And when she started, we we teach these scripts of exactly what to say. When they come back and say, we don't have the budget for that, then you just copy and paste what we tell you into an email or read it over the phone. We specialize in scripts. And then after she started getting so much business that her time became full, this will happen to business owners. So what do you do then? We taught her how to hire other people. So now she generates Mm -hmm. revenue even when she's not working. That's right? amazing from $8 an hour to multiple six figures.
0: It's so good and so important. All right, now to show you that this can be put into practice, here's a story from the delightful Candace Nelson, founder of Sprinkles Cupcakes. When she started out, she didn't want to make an ordinary cupcake, which meant she couldn't charge ordinary prices, and she had to find the right fishing hole and educate her customers why her price point was worth the value. Take a listen.
12: Coming out of pastry school, I actually had an offer for a great internship at a bakery, but being young and impatient, I decided I just wanted to get started right away. So I started baking these beautiful custom tiered cakes right out of my little house in San Francisco. And so I'd make these gorgeous tiered cakes because I wanted to do something so artful, right. And creative. And what I realized was special occasion cakes, you know, multi-tiered cakes, they're reserved for special occasions, so right. people don't order them that much. Right. So I thought, I, I got to rethink this. If this is going to be a business, it needs to be something that people could conceivably order or eat on a daily basis. So what is that going to be? And what was interesting was at the time, cupcakes were starting to catch on. But in people's everyday life, a cupcake was still something that you found at a grocery store. It was in a clamshell, plastic clamshell. Right. The frosting was probably made with shortening. The decoration was a plastic cupcake pick. So I thought, what if I took this care that I was sort of reserving for these special occasion cakes, and I transferred it over to this lowly cupcake, started making them with beautiful ingredients, making them artful, but not too fussy, right? Still something that people could eat with joy Mm -hmm. and, you know, as an after-school snack, but also maybe serve at an elegant dinner party. And... I started making these cupcakes and all of a sudden business started to pick up and kind of got me thinking, hmm, elevate the lowly cupcake. You could increase the market of people who are actually ordering these things. What if cupcakes could stand on their own? So that was the genesis of that the idea question. behind sprinkles. around the world. So where was the
7: first sprinkle so store? the
12: first sprinkles store was in Beverly Hills. It's still there. It's on little Santa Monica, just a couple blocks away from Rodeo drive. Mm It's like 600 square feet. So we opened in Beverly Hills and people always ask, you know, why Beverly Hills? I mean, it's like, that must be the most expensive real estate. And I like to remind them again, 600 square feet. And we were not on a prime street, but it was important to us because even though we were making cupcakes, we were making sort of designer cupcakes, really. We were making cupcakes with the best ingredients. We were making them artisanal. We were really elevating that cupcake, yeah. and so we were a specialty boutique, yeah. just like all the rest of those boutiques on Rodeo Drive. Now, something that people could actually afford. But you know, it was three dollars. Three dollars at the time was really expensive for a cupcake. People were used to spending seventy-five cents at the grocery store. So we really had to educate people. And part of that education was really the designing that space, right? You walked in and you felt something was different. You felt something was really quality that was and and just smelling those beautiful smells that came from the
0: back. So good. And of course (laughs) that's the shop that I've been to. I can't count how many times, but what I love about it. And I want our audience to hear this is knowing your audience, right? And also choosing who you want to serve, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Like what would have happened if you would have said, no, we have to charge 75 cents and we're going to have to be just anywhere it's it's not necessarily going to work, mm-hmm. right? And that's a
12: sign of self-worth and valuing all of the things that you're putting in the world. And I think people have a hard time with that. Definitely. I remember asking a friend of mine before we opened, you know, what do you think about the price that we're planning to charge? And he said, no, no, no. Way too expensive. Donuts are like 50 cents. And I thought, okay, there's going to be some education needed here. Yep. So it's all about the education, right? I had to just say, listen, try it once. Let me know what you think. But we're using the world's best vanilla. We're using the world's best chocolate. We're baking fresh all day long. This is an artisanal cupcake. Everything is from scratch. They're hand frosted. They are like really a special treat. And I can't tell you how many people who were such skeptics would come back and say, you were right. Like, let me get a box of six.
0: I just love Candace and her cupcakes are so yummy. Now we have another amazing origin story from Spiritual Gangster co-founder Ian LaPatton. This is one of my favorite clothing companies and I loved hearing how it all began, but even more so, I really admire the intention and purpose that Ian has for the company because to him, it's not really about just making money. It's about making an impact. Here's what he said
13: you know when we were teaching yoga i used to teach yoga to hip hop rap music so we kind of sort of invented uh, yoga oh. to rap music and what would happen is you get all these people in the room and they'd be like a school of fish so it all start moving together and a friend came up to me after a class one time and she said you're like a gangster a spiritual gangster so we ended up making famous t-shirts.
0: last words
13: oh boy I was like, "This is a great one." So we started making T-shirts in our yoga studio that said "Spiritual Gangster." My wife Vanessa was running our store, and she's also been on the cover of Yoga Journal at that time, like four or five times. And we basically started Spiritual Gangster as the house brand for our yoga studio.
0: I'm obsessed with the story. So, what happens? Tell us the progression.
13: So after we ended up selling the yoga business for two or three years, it was more of an expensive hobby. We were making it out of our garage. We were printing on blanks. You know, my kids were tagging with my wife at the table. We were shipping out of our garage or even apartment we had here. And after about two or three years, we're, we're thinking, okay, what should we do? And we actually tried to kill the business for a few times. No way. like, oh, we don't want to do this. And then we had, a you know, Equinox was one of our first customers. And during the holidays, they put us in all doors in New York City and gave wow. us a huge order. And because we were so connected in the yoga world, like Yoga Works, Core Power Yoga kept ordering and ordering, and they kept ordering more. So we're like, okay, now it's time to make this a business. So we went from like, you know, 600 grand to 5 million just really in one year pretty much in one year and that was the first year of really consciously focusing on doing business and at that point it was almost all online uh, so now then we shifted over to to that platform and that was about 4 years ago and now we've been really scaling up so it's been you know quite a journey but that was like one of our first steps and then we had a friend of ours who you know we met through a bunch of coincidence and serendipity and she helped us for a little while. She was able to get us in all windows, you know, about four years ago at the holidays at Bloomingdale. So we had a lot of synchronicities and coincidences that like lined us up in the beginning. I tell people spiritual gangster is a movement disguised as a clothing company. And the brand's always been a lot bigger than the business. And for me, it's always been about a a mission of how do we learn all the things we learned in the yoga studios of, you know, positivity and taking care of yourself and Doing charity and doing well to do good, or doing good to do well. And how do we scale that globally? How do we take a business and, and create some products that can have the ethos and the vibe that we learn and really create this global movement? So, right now it's mostly women's clothing, but we do believe, you know, we're adding men's now, we're getting other accessories, but just giving people, you know, people, I almost, we joke that it's like superhero clothes for adults. So you put it on and you feel better and, you know, yeah. people stop you in the street and they say, oh, I'm a spiritual dancer, oh, that's cool. Or, So the idea is just getting people to feel better about themselves and then hopefully too, like a, uh, you know, a trickle down effect, you know, sharing things that are like good for you, good for the environment, you know, great travel, great things that we believe in, and hopefully along the way that continues to stick. You know, one of the things we're most proud of so far, we've, we've donated over 12 million meals to Feeding America. So we've done a lot of, you know, we call it karmic business partners, but we have Feeding America, we have the Cambodian Children's Fund, we have Make-A-Wish, who I've been on the board and a huge supporter of, of really, you know, using spiritual gangster as a force for good. And it's, you know, yes, it's about making money and being profitable, but it's also about making a difference and making an impact and sharing with your people what you love
0: so so good all right now here's one of my favorite moments with the amazing Yardley Smith who is of course the voice of Lisa Simpson I love this mantra that she shares and this reminder that we need to take action on doing what feeds our soul because life really is too short not to do what you love here we go
14: well one of my mottos is probably my main motto is screw it let's do it it's not mine really it's it's Richard Branson's but I'm I stole it I'm borrowing it um at the end of the day, if you have the idea, if you hear the whisper, if you keep getting the idea, do it. And then listen to me. I know that you want there to be a different answer, but you have to play the long game. Exactly. And, and if you love it, then just do it. Because again, if you're trying to fill up the inside from the outside, if you're trying to do it because you hope this will bring you success. And I'm and I know you know yours it is, of course, do quit your day job because you want your love to become your your full-time work. Right. The universe will answer it. Yeah. You know, if you really are doing the thing that you love and you're invested in it, it feeds your everything. Because, as you say, you can't wait to get up in the morning and you're like, oh, my God, I think we're really on to something. It's so powerful.
0: Now I want to share some more wins from you. We've gotten so many awesome stories from this community about how the podcast has impacted you and helped you start building your side hustle. These really are the highlights of the whole journey for me. And just like last time, we're going to have links to everyone in the show notes so you can go check them out and give all these folks some love. So first, let's hear from Angela.
15: Hello, Kathy and team. Congratulations on your 300th episode. My name is Angela Ferrari. I am a belief coach right outside of Philadelphia. And, Kathy, I tell everyone about you. You have changed my life as a mother, as a wife. I work in corporate, and everything that I have learned from your podcast and from your book has helped me become a successful business owner. When your podcast launched, you helped me understand from the beginning that the fire within is not going anywhere until I take action. So I've created a business as a belief coach, helping women understand the importance of visualization through vision board workshops, sending out vision board kits and one-on-one coaching. So thank you for changing me and my family's life. Thank you for the bang and the impact that you have provided in just week one of the Arrive community membership. I am so excited to continue this journey with you. I am a new podcast host. I have created a Facebook group from 0 to 600, all to thank you because every episode of your podcast has helped me implement and to take action. So I appreciate you and enjoy Florida. Congratulations.
0: Angela, I love this and I love the photos you sent us. Your workshops look like so much fun. You're bringing so much light to people's life. Way to go. All right, now let's hear from Christy.
4: Hi, my name is Christy Limegrover, and I actually found Kathy's podcast the day I decided to quit my day job two and a half years ago, and I read her book shortly thereafter, and between the two pieces of content, it has transformed my life, because one of the most impactful quotes I've ever heard is when Kathy says, the opposite of depression is not happiness, it's purpose, so I really drilled down to determine what my purpose was in this lifetime, And I've been able to overcome depression. I've also been able to grow a company. And I've also been able to learn who I am at my core. And I feel more confident. And it's just been great. So I want to thank Kathy and the entire team for inspiring me and motivating me to achieve my goals and dreams. Because I'm so excited for this next chapter. Christy, you should be so freaking proud of yourself,
0: not just for building your own company, but for fighting through your depression and coming out on the other side. You're helping so many other people grow their positivity mindset, and I know that's going to change lives. So, so awesome. Okay, now I'm going to read a listener letter that we got. Asia emailed us and she said... I started listening to the Don't Keep Your Day Job podcast about two years ago. I was in a really dark and depressed space at the time. The podcast for me was inspiring and proof that there was more to life. My mind was open to the possibility of doing something I love to do while also making money. The podcast really helped me break through blocks that I had around money, and I learned that I am worthy of being paid and I can actually serve more people if I'm making more profits. That was truly mind-blowing. I took a risk and hired a business coach to start my business four months ago. I couldn't really afford a coach at the time, but I made it work, and I'm so glad I did. My second month of coaching, I made $6,000. I was finally able to quit my day job this week. I'm now an online fitness coach and I'm having so much fun. In my coaching program, I focus on helping women with their fitness, lifestyle, nutrition, and mindset. My clients are thriving. I'm having a blast and I'm looking so forward to what's to come. Thank you, Kathy and the community. My life is so much more abundant thanks to you. Asia, that's amazing. You should be so proud for taking those brave steps and investing in yourself. That is just not easy to do. It lights me up to hear that your business and your income is soaring, and I know this is just the beginning for you. All right, now let's hear from Emily.
16: Hi, Kathy. Congratulations on your 300th episode. My name is Emily Silva, and I just wanted to let you know that your podcast and book have offered so much inspiration to help me on my entrepreneurial journey. As you know, this is quite a roller coaster to be in business for yourself, and this year made it a bit more crazy. But every time I think to myself, Maybe I should just go back to work. I think about the title of your show and book, and it's like an angel sitting on my shoulder whispering sense into my fear-filled thoughts. So thank you for showing up, inspiring, and holding space for so many of us. I think it's also helped me listen to my gut when fear overrides my thoughts. When I feel like throwing in the towel, I always ask myself, is this what you really want to do? Do you really want to give up? And 100% of the time, I realize it's just fear rearing her head to test my dedication to my dreams. And the most exciting thing that's happened in this last year is that I've launched my third book. And I know that if I would have kept my day job, if I would have backpedaled on my dreams, that this would not be coming to fruition. So I'm so excited. And since I have to do everything digitally, I have created a virtual summit. I've launched the book. It comes out on September 8th, and I'm just so excited to see Sunrise Gratitude come into the world. Thank you for all your inspiration. Thank you for everything that you do. And I am just so grateful that I found you years ago when I started my journey.
0: Emily, oh my gosh, I love this. Thank you for sharing this with us. That fear comes up so much, but those questions you asked yourself really helped to put it in perspective and you realize you can dance with the fear and just
7: do it. You are amazing. All right, let's go to the next story, which comes from Natalie. I'm guessing most people find don't keep your day job when they're actually in their day jobs, but I was a little different. I discovered it a week after I quit my job with no sense of what I was doing next. Um, I knew I needed to leave, but I was questioning that decision a hundred times over. And listening to Kathy's podcast just gave me that confidence that I could actually do this and that there was opportunity out there but that it all started with me and shifting my mindset in terms of what I thought was possible for myself. And so just thinking bigger and not thinking so small and limiting what I could do. And that was absolutely life-changing. As I just think about what I was able to build from that point, it gave me the confidence that I didn't have to go back to corporate, that it might take time, but I could focus on my business and I could make it something. And It was so impactful that I joined her Made to Do this program in January, and that helped take it to the next level for me in terms of really figuring out what my calling was and testing and learning and restarting and finally landing on a business that uses all of those skills that I built in corporate, but actually helps women that are looking to start their own business and they can find what energizes them and get out of neutral and then build strategies to grow and accelerate their businesses. So yeah, don't keep your day job has been hugely impactful for me over the last year. Um, And it's, it's just been, as I said, absolutely life changing. So a huge thank you to Kathy and her team.
0: Natalie, that's incredible. I'm so glad to hear you've gotten that clarity and you're really building a strong foundation for your business. I know you're going to help so many women become entrepreneurs and founders and the magic is
17: just going to keep spreading. All right. The next story is from Sarah. Hey there. My name is Sarah Tweet and I am a vocal coach and a singer and a songwriter and a performer. And I'm a mom of three. And a couple years ago, my husband lost two different jobs in a two-year span and all through these years I have taught voice lessons. I've taught them in music schools, in my own house, different studios, and all through this time I had not really understood how to start my own business and really create something that I love and that was for me and to believe in myself in that way. But after I started listening to Kathy's podcast and did her five days challenge, I started to change my mindset after really implementing the things that Kathy was talking to us about and her passion and her light spread so deeply and I connected with it so much that I decided that I was going to start my own studio and not have to depend on any other music schools anymore. So I did that after my husband had lost his second job. It launched me into me really believing in myself and my abilities and my dreams, and really listening to what Kathy had to say helped me create a wonderful experience for my students. I now have my own studio, Tweet Voice Studio. I rent my own commercial space in my little town. I love having people come in and I get to coach them and coach them in their life and coach them in their singing and help them bring joy. And I get to use what Kathy has taught us. And that is just to start where you're at, to learn how to love you, to know that you are the only one of you in this world and to use that uniqueness and to share that with the world and to learn how to love that and embrace that and just to start where you're at start messy start imperfect and my students that I coach I've watched their lives change and grow and that just brings such deep satisfaction to me And I just want to say thank you, Kathy, for what you do, for how you spread your light, because it gives us permission to spread ours. And I'm so excited to launch into coaching online with my business and opening up online courses. That's my next step. Oh, so excited. And my business is thriving, and I'm so ready to have it go to the next level. And I know that Kathy is going to help us all figure out how to do this. And I'm so grateful for that. So thank you. Sarah, congrats on all your success.
0: That is so, so awesome. I love hearing how much joy and fulfillment this brings you. And I'm so excited you're taking your lessons and coaching online. Your growth is going to boom. Okay. Now our next story comes from Anna who wrote us and said, Dear Kathy, I absolutely would not be where I am today without your podcast book and Facebook community. Let me share with you how. I struggled with feeling unfulfilled in my career and desperately wanted to find a way to become a freelance illustrator. I stumbled upon your podcast in January, 2018, and immediately your words encouraged me to reach for my dreams. I listened to all your episodes during my commute and yes, while I was also at my day job. It's hard to narrow down my biggest takeaway, but I think the phrase always be giving is what has helped put me where I am today. I joined the Facebook community and nervously posted some of my art and offered to give away some free logo design to a couple people to help build my portfolio. One of the people who contacted me was a woman named Karen. She dreamed of starting a sticker company, so I offered to make her a logo for free. Then she commissioned me to start designing stickers for her and she became my first regular client. We still work together today and her business is booming. Fast forward a year later, and I posted again in the group, and a lady named Sharon loved my art and sent my portfolio to her publisher. I'm now working on illustrating my very first children's book with that publisher, and it is honestly a dream come true. I also started a greeting card business this year with my own designs, Fox Card Co. I wouldn't be here without you, Kathy. Thank you a million times over. Anna, I'm just in such awe that really makes my heart sing. And this is so truly what I wanted to happen when I first made this podcast in this community. I wanted these creative, beautiful souls like you to find one another, support each other, to build a business. And this is exactly what's happening. It's so magical to me. And your cards are gorgeous, by the way. Again, you guys, you can support all these beautiful, beautiful souls. Go to the show notes and you can find their links there. Thank you so much for listening. I know that you're so busy and it means the world to me that you're here. Your time is the most valuable thing that you have and it means so much that you're spending it here with us. We have amazing guests coming on the show soon like Dan Harris and Guy Raz. So you definitely want to get those episodes. Make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you listen, it is completely free to subscribe. And I'm curious, did this episode open up your mind to some new possibilities? Did it inspire you to take action? If so, can you think of one person you can share this with? please go ahead and post it in your Instagram and tag me and someone else who needs to hear it so we can keep lighting up more deserving souls. I know we're now into 300 episodes, but really, this is really just the beginning of this movement. Don't forget that our free five-day challenge starts next week. You can sign up at kathyheller.com slash challenge. Kathy's with a C. You guys are the best. Thank you so much for all the love. I will leave you with a song and talk to you on
10: Thursday.
15: Hey, Kathy and team, wanted to give you guys a huge shout out and congratulations on episode number 300 of the Don't Keep Your Day Job show. You guys are changing lives every single day.
4: Keep making a difference, keep showing up, and we'll keep celebrating with you. Hey, Kathy, this is Becky Scott. I just wanted to say congratulations on your 300th episode and I hope that you continue to spread your message um, especially right now we need it more than ever
7: hey Kathy it's Dara with the minor business accelerator congratulations on this incredible milestone and more so thank you for who you are and what you do in this world
1: hey Kathy appearing on your podcast was one of the highlights of 2020 for me congratulations on 300 episodes amazing
7: Hi, Kathy. Sarah Knight here. I just wanted to congratulate you on your 300th episode. Everybody should do it like you do. You're so professional. You're so smart and so insightful and so entertaining. And I'm really grateful that you invited me to be a small part of that series of 300 excellent episodes. Huge congratulations to you. Celebrate. You deserve it.
17: Congratulations, Kathy, on
4: your 300th episode. You are inspiring so many. You're making such a big
12: impact. Keep shining so bright, sending you lots of love. Hey, Kathy, congratulations on your 300th podcast episode. That is amazing. Way to kill it, girl. Kathy, it's me, Trisha, your joyologist. Wow. Congrats on 300 episodes. And thank you. Thank you for being
15: you, for trusting you, for listening to you, and sharing so much with us. Keep shining. We love you.
4: Hey, Kathy, it's Stephanie Gass. I am just so proud of you for hitting your 300th episode. You are such an inspiration, such a light, such a beautiful blessing. Let's keep going. Let's keep inspiring. Congrats. Congratulations, Kathy Hella. 300 episodes. Wow, you are just full of wisdom and knowledge and you're such a light. The world is better because you're in
17: it. I'm delighted to be part of your world. Kathy, it's Jamie Kern Lima, founder of It Cosmetics. Congratulations, 300 episodes. Oh my goodness, I am just so proud of you and also just so honored to hopefully be of service and inspiration alongside of you with your entire community and congratulations, my friend.
8: Kathy, my sister, 300. I'm so proud of you. So many people have been impacted by your show.
11: I look forward to your next 300 and all the fun that you're having and inspiration that you're doing for all these people out there.
16: Hey, Kathy, this is Allison Prince. All right, I need you to listen. Can you hear that? I'm standing in Puerto Rico right now, and those are the cokey frogs that are singing your praises on your 300th episode. Thank you being an example being a light congratulations kathy heller hey this is kate northrup best-selling author
15: of do less and the creator of the do less planner and kathy i want to congratulate you on your 300th episode what a big deal i'm so impressed so much love to you
6: hi kathy this is marcella from
7: Congratulations on 300 episodes. That is awesome, awesome. And thank you so much for everything that you do for us, the listeners, for all the motivation, the support. Thank you.
12: Kathy Heller.
7: It is Jennifer
16: Allwood. Congratulations, girl, on your 300th episode. I just want you to know I'm so happy for you and everything good that is coming your way.
0: I don't know how
7: I first found Kathy and her podcast, but God, I am so glad I did. I just love you, Kathy, and congratulations on your 300th episode. Hey, Kathy, it's Sarah Oster here. I just wanted to congratulate you on your 300th episode. I hope you continue to inspire thousands of people for at least 300 more.
12: Kathy, congratulations on the 300th episode of Don't Keep Your Day Job. This is Tracy Matthews, the Chief Visionary Officer of Creatives Rule the World, the Thrive by Design podcast, and Flourish and Thrive Academy. I am thrilled for you, not only for your 300th episode, but also because of the huge impact that you are making in the world. You are doing such amazing things in this world, and I just want to acknowledge you for that and also congratulate you on this beautiful work that you're doing.
4: Congratulations to Kathy Heller and the Don't Keep Your J Job community. 300 freaking episodes. You wow. guys are doing it you're
12: truly doing it you are a legend in the podcasting world you're so honest you are thoughtful you just make people feel less alone which as you know we really really appreciate so thank you for your friendship and for creating this incredible community cheers to 300 more yes love the girls from almost 30 love you